like one of my biggest strategies, Haley, is I don't get caught up in quote unquote like competitors at all. In fact, like you, I mean, you follow closely. We like to, f- we literally feature on weekends some of our competitors, like right. direct competitors that are selling soda and cookies and pretzels. Um, and Haley is someone that I have a ton of respect for. I, right when I started this podcast, Haley was one of the first people that I thought of would be a perfect fit for it because she is the example of actually going out and doing it. And uh, as I always say, hustle respects hustle. And so I have a ton of that. I have a ton of respect for you and I'm definitely following along close. So uh, for the couple of people in Salt Lake that don't know about Goodly Cookies and that Haley Henson's behind it, give them a quick rundown. What are you up to? Yeah, for sure. So we've got one location right now. Um, We are on... 9th East and 4th South downtown. So just right by like the Village Inn and the Office Max right there. Um, We've been in that location, gosh, it's been a year and a half now. And we started, it's going on three and a half, almost four years now. Um, And when we first opened up, we were like a little tiny pop-up shop. We rented uh, the cafe, Amor Cafe, downtown there by Liberty Park. Yeah, we rented. When you were closer to ROG location. So I was there even more often than I am now. But we, uh, we rented their kitchen, so they would close at 5 p.m., clean up. They'd let us in at 6. So we were only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. From and real quick, yeah. while you're telling the story, wind in, because mostly what I, know about, what I want to know about is Haley and like yeah. how you got into it and what you're doing and your opinions on everything. Totally. Weave into the story when you came in. Just make sure you hit that. Sure, yeah. So we were just open Thursday, Friday, Saturday from 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. And so our two founders, Brandon and Clay, Started Goodly in July of 2017. And I just finished a summer job the beginning of August of that year. Um, I was also one semester into culinary school. So I was looking for some kind of baking job somewhere that fit my schedule, that was a lot of fun. And this came up on KSL Jobs, actually. So I interviewed with Clay, got a job. I was actually just working the cash register in the front of a more cafe for like three this months. This is how many years ago? Um, Four or three now? Four, five? Four next Four. year. Okay. Yep. I was going to say it's been a while. Yep, it's been a while. So <laughs> I was just working the cash register. Um, we actually had a manager at the time that would not even let me like touch any of the cookie dough stuff, which I was just like, okay, fine. Maybe this isn't even what I wanted in the first place. So, um, and you're at this point, you're all excited about baking, right? Because totally. you're in culinary school. Yep. Was it baking? Like in, in culinary school, you're like, yeah, I'm going to culinary school, but I want to be a baker. Yeah, so I think, so I am a certified pastry chef. That's like my official title. Um, I can use it like at the end of my name, like MD, but nobody cares, so I don't. So within culinary, there's there's probably a bunch of different subsets within a culinary degree. Yeah, so within my degree, I had kind of two options. I could have gone what they call the savory route. That's more just like anything that's not dessert. Um, And I could have gone the dessert route, which is what I went. And I could have even done both, but my heart's always been with desserts. So that's the way I went. So now you're in this shop. You're just yep. kind of watching. I'm Are you like chomping at the bit? Yeah. Like this is what I would Starving. do. This is I, what I want to try. Would, we had we such, such a funny setup at Amore, and in those late night hours when it just really wasn't very busy, I would go back to the back of the kitchen, and be like, "Hey, do you guys need help with anything?" And they're like, "No, no, no, we're good." And I was like, "Dang it! Like maybe tomorrow." So I d- really, <laughs> and so I just, yeah, I just did that over and over and over again, and a few things happened, and some employees quit, and I just like stuck it out. Sweeter. It's just so fun. I know. It's all right, so fun all right. Get back. to the end, the best part. So, <laughs> if 
Fast forward, I end up being the manager, and I go from manager to general manager, and by um, 10 months after I'd started with Goodly, I had sweat equity in the company. Explain what that is, and sure. and explain like why you wanted it, and you know just a little bit, some context, I guess. Sure, yeah, so sweat equity essentially is ownership within the company that you've earned. So I didn't buy into the company, um, I didn't pay X thousand of dollars for You're ownership. essentially getting paid for less than the hours than you're actually working, <laughs> usually probably, <Yes>. right? <laughs> so that, and with that came an offer of a percentage of ownership in Goodly Cookies, uh, legally, for the work that I'd done and for a continued partnership. So that's kind of where my story as owner of Goodly Cookies, as a co-owner of Goodly Cookies started was 2018. 2018, okay. Yeah. And it was like when I said, get to the end, that's the best part, immediately came to my head right after that I was like but there's so much in the middle and like that's pretty much what I'm most excited to talk about today um, is the grind and the actual realities of uh, being a business owner I want to talk about some of them I want to talk about what I really want to do is like help someone watching that is a business owner or you know is in it has employees of any kind um, because I want to talk today a little bit about how you interact with your employees sure. and I don't know, do you have any like higher level theories of like how, I'll start with mine. Like, and I don't know if I've, you've ever heard me say it, but I think that everything that Thirst sells is so much of an experience and so relying on customer service. Absolutely. And it's just, it made so much sense to me in the first year that that was the case, right? Yeah. And soon after that, the formula became pretty clear of how to get that. And that was make sure your employees are happy. Yes. Um, and so since then, like I've really, my any of my employees will tell you, like I really want to, I want to be their friend. I want to hear, listen, and hear what they have to say. I want to make work an awesome experience for them, and I just want to do right by them. You know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like that kind of they get that vibe from me, and it it makes them happier in the shop. And there's a million things that go into what that looks like, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about it, but. If my employees are happier, they provide better customer service. Yes. If my marketing girl is happier, she is making better content, grinding harder, you know, and goes the same goes with every position in the company. What are your thoughts? Um, what are your thoughts as a whole on that? Uh, I totally agree with you. I think you kind of started this out talking about how you try to ignore some of your direct competition. Even sometimes you invite the enemy in-house, yeah. right? And I don't know if I clarified. I was talking like... Because in a way, you guys sell cookies. We sell cookies. Totally. Not that many of them, but totally, we, just, totally. you know what I mean? And we are just really good friends. We've always been really Absolutely. good friends. So, so yeah. well, and I think one thing that's important in, um, like you said, kind of not thinking too much about competition, but you always want to make sure you're paying attention to what they're doing. And that's something that's important to me. And one thing that I think for us sets Goodly Cookies apart from our competition is our customer service. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said. If employees are happy, if they feel respected, and if they feel like they belong where they are, 10 times out of 10, they're going to give awesome customer service because yeah. they love their job. Yeah. What, so customer service is so, it's interesting to me because it's changed, my perspective has really changed after being a business owner. And it's come to more, be, and I'm trying to really tell this to my employees, but and tell me what you think because sometimes I'm like, uh, do I even, am I even entitled for them to think this? But we shouldn't be entitled to our customer's business is really that what I'm trying to teach my employees. Like, look, these 
the, these people are the, these customers are the reason that we are even here right now and getting paid to be here. And by the way, we're having a lot of fun and yeah. we all like it. And this is one of the most fun social parts of most of our lives, I think, or I like to think. Yeah. These customers are doing a lot for us, you know. And as you know, like, and I, you do this. I'm pretty sure you pass competitors of mine to come to me. I'm sure, and I know a lot of my other customers do that. Gratitude, mm-hmm. serious like gratitude. How did you did that change for you going from manager to owner? You're like, man, I'm like more. Were you more grateful for them when you had you know when you had some equity in the company? Yes, absolutely. I think when you have a different vision of kind of the whole of what's going on, it's a lot easier for you to see this bigger picture of when you're just kind of managing hour to hour, it's really easy to just get frustrated with people. It's easy to get frustrated with employees. It's easy to get frustrated with customers. Not to say that I don't still do that, but I think when you have that bigger picture, it's a lot easier to kind of see everything that works into something. And that's always the biggest feeling that comes out for me is gratitude. So but then tying back to how we started, which is about employees, how do you, you go first. If someone were to ask you, and I feel like this would be a common question with the audience, and came to my mind when I was talking about what I was talking about, which was, okay, well, then you're saying it's difficult. How do you get your employees to show gratitude to your customers um, and actually give them, them that amazing customer service? I think for me, the biggest thing is um, I always try to celebrate victories with my employees, even if those victories are small. Um, even if we have a slow sales day, I like to sit back and have a powwow at the end of the night and say, what did we do super well today? What went super well? Um, What do you feel really good about? What was a customer interaction that you felt really well and is something you want to keep duplicating? I think that helps you to keep grinding in those kind of tough moments. So even if there's a customer that really just kind of ruins everyone's day, it's really important, I think, that you keep morale really high with your employees because I don't think you can afford to let your employees see you getting in it with them and being upset because you have to be... Yes. Even if you are upset, you got to like take it home and oh, write yeah. it down or something. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> got to keep it inside. We're talking about this because <laughs> this is one thing that you and I both only know. And I, but I want to share my re- answer really I want to share my answer really quick to how I try to get my employees to really be grateful for our customers. It's been hard because I've really, because as we were talking about, you and I are so grateful for the customers that come to our businesses and trying to relay that. Um, is difficult and it's especially difficult over multiple stores and thinking about doing it over I mean you've got big plans and Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to have big plans too of lots and lots of stores you know what I mean and so it's on the top of my mind like oh I got to figure this out first I want I want to figure all the things out at my one two stores and then I'm like all right let's go and so uh, what I'm what I'm doing to figure this out what I'm doing to keep my employees grateful for customers is instead of trying to get them bought into the customer and actually grateful for them because at the end of the day it's really hard for them to be that grateful for a customer when they're getting paid what a part-time employee gets paid at a you know fast food business which is you know just above minimum wage just be realistic you know 10 10 12 bucks an hour it's really hard to get a employee to buy into that what i have done is I try to reroute it back to myself. I want my employees to buy into me so much and be like loyal and grateful for me as their boss because I'm trying to provide such a good experience for them. Like, uh, and we'll go, let's go into tactics in a minute of how to provide that experience. But 
if you're going out of your way as a boss, and something, one of my employees last night said something that, you know, the little things that mean a lot. I was here on Friday night late, relabeling like inventory bins that are gonna go underneath the prep tables in the kitchen. I'm the owner of the company, I have managers that, as I'm sure you do, in every area that I need to. I'm sure I could have assigned that to happen, but I really care about the details and the perfection and the quality of what's yeah. going on. Doesn't mean I micromanage, but yeah, I'm happy to be in there and putting in my two cents and making it as best as it possibly can be on Friday night in my early 20s. Like that's, I'm so devoted to that. And I think I, I see, my employees see that and they're grateful and bought into that. And so when I go up in front of them at a team meeting or at the end of the night, like you're talking about, and be like, this is what, what I do is like, hey, this is how I've designed the first experience. Like sometimes it's funny stuff, like outside I'll, did you see on my Instagram, I was trying to get my employees over the summer to wear like these big necklaces that hold popcorn <laughs> at the popcorn yeah. at the bottom. Didn't end up working out, but <laughs> they tried it and I'm, I'm grateful that they tried it, but I think the reason that they did is because they can see how much passion that a business owner like me or yourself have in our businesses and we give it our all. And so really instead of trying to get them to buy into the customer and be like, and get try to talk them into the fact that they're grateful for the 50 more customers in line that they have to grind for I just try to get them to buy into me because I think it's easier and I think I can do more for them to show it and it doesn't mean they can't be grateful for the customer too but I just found that it's like easy and you, a business owner like you or I is already doing it totally. you know we're already trying to get them to buy into us so well and that reminds me too that my biggest philosophy I've always had is that I will never ever ask an employee to do something I wouldn't do myself yes go or that I'm that. not already doing myself yes. um, and last night was a great example for me as well we were crazy crazy busy yesterday was national cookie day it's like our second biggest holiday next to Valentine's Day uh-huh. for our business and we were just slammed all day this was yesterday yesterday yep. oh gosh sorry you missed that boat. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> no um, how like was it crazy then yeah, it was crazy, crazy, and I was there grinding from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. yesterday, and Can everyone... Stop, stop you there for just half a second? Yeah. Can you explain to me, because, uh, uh, explain to me your perspective, explain to the listeners your perspective on micromanaging oh, versus yeah. keeping your hands in the dirt, because I think it's, you know, it's a detail that you don't run into unless you're in it, Yes. but it's really hard, I think. Um you know what I, do you understand Absolutely. the question? Yeah, yeah. it's like it's you were grinding all day and so yet you're the hard. owner of the business. It's so hard. And so people that are uneducated and by the way their opinion doesn't matter are, <laughs> are like are saying are saying, Really, don't you have employees for that? Yes. What's your answer to that? Because I know you have a strategy behind it just yeah. like I do, but sorry yeah, to interrupt. That's, that's something that I see that you get all the time is yeah. like, Ethan, why don't you just have your manager hire someone to make the dough or whatever? I'm like and when I'm looking I at the so stories, when I'm looking at my stories of I, that I post of that, <laughs> I, and I see Haley see that, I'm like, okay, she gets it. There's totally. like two or three people. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it because, and it's such a tricky balance and it's something that I'm constantly working on because it's so easy for me to jump in and just take care of something, yeah. make sure it gets done right. Yeah. But that's where you have to build these employee relationships you have to find people that fit well and teach them exactly like you said to buy into you and to trust you so that you can trust them yeah. with what you're letting them do. Yeah. And it's so hard to find the balance between micromanaging and always keeping your hands dirty. Yeah. And that, especially when you're really busy, I think that's the hardest time to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Because I never want to sit back and 
watch everybody drown at work while I'm like, sorry, you guys got to learn, you know, because I want to jump in. And so it's really hard. And I think what I've tried really hard to do is find those moments and find those gaps where I can jump in and help and make things a lot easier for people. Like last night's a great example. Crazy busy. Um, We had two delivery drivers. What were you doing last night? Everything. So I was working the register. I was coming back making cookie dough. I got to a point that I was looking at the delivery set out for the night. It was even busier than we'd anticipated. And it was looking like we were going to have to push out some deliveries pretty late. And so what I did is I looked at the route that my manager who was working set in place. I didn't do this. I had a manager doing it. Of course. I just kind of checked it over to see where I could pull out a couple of deliveries to take myself, yeah. just to make it a more simple route for our drivers. Yes, I love that. Um, and I think if you balance the equation in one way too far, it can go wrong too quick. Yep. For example, you know, if you over micromanage, and you means you can never scale, right? You can yeah. never, you can never You can't expand. duplicate yourself, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you try to, but you can't. But on the flip side, I think that there's big fault in the flip side too and I don't think it gets talked about enough because I think the number one thing that's talked about when talking about scaling a business is hire that out hire that out hire that out my strategy is to hire that out but before I hire that out I spend an ungodly amount of time with that person showing them by the way my strategy this is how it works for me (laughs) I spend a ton of time with that person showing them exactly how I want it done these, the two that are sitting on the other side of the camera is a great example. My marketing manager and my new admin, basically. For the first six, eight months of my marketing manager's career at Thirst, we really worked closely together, like yep. on everything. You know, the tactics, the building of videos, really everything. It took a long time. And some people, you know, might not have trained someone for that long, but I don't have to do anything now. Rachel, like, as you probably have noticed, Rachel dominates now, our marketing manager. So, like, for my, and same thing I'm doing with Kate, and Kate and I work really, really closely right now on, like, how I want things done. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to tell them exactly how I want it done. But it's just that part, that part of working so closely to show exactly how you want it done that's missing in, I think, a lot of equations. Yep. And it's missing in a lot of people's heads, too. And they're like, well, just hire someone for that. Okay, well, if I hired someone for that and let them decide the way that the process, the checklist, you know, the way that they clean the kitchen at night uh-huh. is set up, then they built that business. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, it's not just the brand and the them. logo. You can't fault them when they don't do it the way you want, right? Exactly, yeah. Like, you can't be like, oh, I hired it out, but now our pretzels take, taste horrible. Exactly. It's like, whose fault is that but yours? Because yeah. you didn't teach them the right way to do it. Okay, and then this is one of my favorite subjects, so let me um, – let's edit this out, but you could tell them to – what's up this is a good, this is a good one because we grew up in the streets of salt lake at the same time our businesses man <laughs> oh gosh it's so true <laughs> um okay i'm, I'm gonna go so glad Yeah. Accountability. You were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. I want to just touch on it really quick because it's one of my favorite subjects and uh, something I'm really trying. Really, another reason I want to talk about it is because I'm trying to hold myself accountable for it, for being more accountable. Yeah. <clears throat> what I mean by it is everything 
as soon as you took equity in that company, it was your fault. There's nothing that wasn't your fault. <laughs> I, I remember I was like so excited. I went home. I like called my parents like, you guys, it's happening. It's happening. And I was so stoked. And then I laid in bed that night and I was like, I can't swear on the podcast probably, but I was like, oh no. <laughs> like the weight of oh, like, all no, of you that. Say whatever you want. You say whatever you want. I was like, oh shit. You know, like this is my, holy cow. Like that, yeah. just that weight. I felt that. Yeah. And like, I still feel that, but I think I found so ways to turn it into fuel for sure. Like literally that night. Because I, that yeah. was going to be my next question is like, what was, I'm just curious as someone, like, I didn't make a transition. Yeah. What was the transition like from, from being a manager and AKA having someone to blame yep. in the business <laughs> versus becoming the owner and every single problem, every cookie, every person that was late, every checklist not done every review became your fault regardless of it was a huge mindset switch for sure because you're absolutely right i couldn't say like man wish those guys could have fixed that this would be so much better it was like man i gotta fix this yeah and it really gave me perspective of how i train my employees and my managers i want to train them to have that same feeling of ownership over the company that i had in that moment right okay because i want them not necessarily to feel that like weighty, like, oh crap, what did I do kind of feeling. Yeah. But I do want them to feel. Because we wouldn't like wish that upon anyone. <laughs> we would not. I, I really do want them to feel in the way that you said, I want them to buy into me. Yeah. I want them to buy into me, but I also want them to buy into our company, right? Yeah. I want them to buy into our experience and our products. And our employees are fiercely loyal. Fiercely. I mean, I get texts all the time that it's like, my friend brought Crumble to a party and I left the party and I'm like raise for you but but I just I want our employees to be fiercely loyal right and I want them to feel that ownership over man I want every customer to have a good experience because if we get a bad Yelp review I don't want to be the only person that's like dang what could we have done better I want my whole team to be like man yeah what could we have done better how could we have made sure this didn't happen let's talk up so quick tangent on employees I used to call employees team members like mm-hmm. the first two years because I thought it was less I don't know, demoting. Is that, is that the word? Just like employee, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I now have changed really where I don't care because I feel like intent matters, you know, and, yep. and the way we treat them really matters. And to that point, I could tell when you're talking, you feel the same way about your employees as I do about mine, mm-hmm. which is like if everything else went out today, like we would have our relationships with our employees up to this point. Yes. There would be no business. There would be nothing else. And we have some really awesome friends. <laughs> we have some really awesome friends. Yeah. Like I know that the, like I can't even explain like the relationship I have with the OG crew members from like each store. It's yep. so, it's so dope. And uh, I really love my team members. You, I'm sure you do as well. Though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so full of gratitude for them. And we've got a couple that are OG that actually started about when I did, which is, I think that was the most awkward part of that transition you asked about was going from, we got hired from this new job to like, Hey, I'm your boss. Yep. And so I think I had to work really hard on the ground level to build those friendships, build those relationships and make sure that they knew like, yeah, like I am in charge, but like we still work together the same way we always have. Yeah. Well, and on that point, what's your, what are your thoughts on you being so young and, you know, being like, for instance, yeah, you started with those same level employees. 
How do you balance friend and boss in, oh in your gosh. company? How do I? <laughs> yes, that's, that's yeah. a question. It's so hard. It's so hard, and it's there have been a lot of really difficult moments where it's like, we're such good friends. I mean, we hang out, you know, and then it's like, ah, oh, you really messed up, and now I got to step in. We have to have a conversation, and those are hard. Those are so hard, but I think one thing that I've always worked so hard on is making sure that I can have those conversations coming from a place of love, and I actually think that they're a lot easier to have when you do have a relationship and you are friends with the person. I think it comes from a better place. I think they know where you're coming from because you can say like, hey, you know I love you. Like, you know I'm grateful for you. You know that I put you in this position here because I trust you. Too many. <laughs> my, I had a couple of employees ask me that same thing last night, actually. So it's been on my mind, but it's um, not fun. It's the worst part of my job. Agreed. How do you balance being a friend and a boss for me is make things non-emotional and very yes. businessy when you do have to have those talks mm -hmm. um, for like 70% of it, <laughs> which is a horrible <laughs> answer. But my answer is set the, like Rachel and Cade, I'm really, I've been really close with both of them for a long time. We're re I'm really good friends with both of them. We set really clear expectations of what's expected of them, you know, what what needs to get done, when, how it's supposed to look, and if they didn't meet that, it's not that Ethan is annoyed, like, like Ethan's in a bad mood, and like we're buddies, but for right now he's just hating on me. No, it's they like, knew the you didn't follow the was, system. Yeah, yeah this mm -hmm. is all business, and so whether the, whether that's me with my employees or a manager of the store, giving write ups holding people accountable for yep. you know not cleaning the soda machines, leaving cookies, whatever. Um, it's super important, you know what I mean? Just totally. like keeping business business and holding everyone accountable. And then if you have that set, if you have checklists, if you have weekly meetings, if you have operations in place where everyone knows what they're doing, they can get their business figured out, then it's for me it's easier because I can just go full-fledged friend. <laughs> and yeah. that's what makes their experience better. That makes me happier. And I don't have to, no one has to worry about it. It's just, it's just business is business. If you don't get it done, even... We even document what happens when you don't get it done, yeah. you know? And so it's, and so I didn't even have to decide that, but. Um, well, I think it's exactly yeah. what you said. You talked about working side by side with employees until you're to a point you trust them to kind of unleash yeah. them and let them go. Um, it's the same situation. Like you've got to work closely. You've got to make sure that you've got mutually agreed upon, like this is what we expect of you. And I like to give my employees too, like this is what you can expect of me. And if I don't meet that, um, just things like if you need anything, text me. Like I am always available. And I know that some people will disagree with that. Like you got to step away from work, but like I'm not. Like I'm available. Like if I leave the store and 20 minutes later there's an emergency and you need my help, call me and I will always answer. So I like to set those expectations as well. Um, and let them know like if there's ever an issue, if there's like an HR issue or if something happens, I'm here to help you. That's my job. And if I don't meet that expectation, if you're like, I called you 30 times and you never called me back, yeah. hold me accountable for that. Yeah. Like it goes both ways, right? Like tell me I can be better and I will because it's not fair for me to be the only one that has expectations. I don't think that you are a pastry chef. I think you might just be an entrepreneur playing pastry chef. Is that true? Or, could not be true. 
What do you think? It's you, so hard. Because are you an entrepreneur playing pastry chef, <laughs> or are you a pastry like chef playing house. entrepreneur? Either's fine. I feel like I feel like the world is the business owners in the world, especially like in the food industry. Yeah. Probably, I was gonna say they're fifty-fifty. They're probably not. Probably they're not. They're probably more no. business pe- entrepreneurs. But well, it's really it's really funny that because I kind of went through this becoming a business owner while I was going to culinary school. I think I grew up in both simultaneously. Um, and it's really interesting. It's just something I'd never thought about till you just asked me, but I, I'd never thought about that. I'm just like, I do what I need to do day to day. But I think when I think about going to work, when I think about what's, I mean, I love my job, but when I think about like work, what do I do for work? I manage a bakery. I soon manage many bakeries. And when I have downtime, when I need to just like chill out, I'm like making croissants and pies. So I think, I, well, I mean, I think that's what I, it's where yeah. my passion is. It's what helps I think me about chill it, out. When you're like watching your stories, when you're just chilling, you're baking. I am right? all yeah. the time. Versus I'm working late in the night on a side project business <laughs> in my free time. Yep. Um, I think that's amazing. Uh, let's end with this. One thing I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast, and I'm really excited to end with this with you because I think you're going to have a perfect perspective of it, is college. I want to talk about college for one second. Sure. Um, or schooling in general. Okay. Um, because I haven't been really clear with my audience where I'm at and like what my opinions are on it. And based on what we were just talking about, you went to school for a trade and are building a business around that trade. Yep. And I'm just going to jump right in and say that that is, as of right now, my top uh, strategy, my top opinion of what you should do if you're an entrepreneur that's my age or younger or older and deciding what you want your first steps to be. I think that instead of going to school for a business degree, for a marketing degree, that you should go to school for a trade, whether that's being a pastry chef or you learn how to write code or you can, you know what I'm talking about. Any of these different woodworking. I'm not talking about just a university. Did you go, where, did you go to college and then pastry so school? I'm Tell us you your school. So i this question because I have a lot of opinions about okay, it. Okay, go. Um, so right out of high school, I went to college. Served an LDS mission, came back, did some more college. A lot. So much. Which, like, if you would have asked me four years ago, I would have been so embarrassed, but, like, I own it now. Because it's like I just couldn't figure out exactly what I wanted to do. I just hadn't found my passion yet. I've loved cooking since I was super little. My friends would go home and watch Nickelodeon, and I'd be, like, tuned into the Food Network, you know? I did. So... I started BYU-Idaho. Sorry if you went to BYU-Idaho. I hated it. So I stayed for a semester and transferred. It was so cold and sad. And then I came home. I actually transferred to LDS Business College, went on a mission, came back. I was actually majoring in medical assisting at LDSBC. Thought I wanted to do that. Did not. I hated it. Uh, It was two years. I got um, a job working for a doctor's office. I went in, I hated it, and so then I was like, I'm going to go back to school. Went to the University of Utah, go Utes, and I was majoring in photography, minoring in French, thought that's what I wanted to do, it wasn't, 
And I had this moment. At this point, I had like, f oh yeah, all the time. I had like four years of school behind me. And one night, I was just like, man, I don't even want to get out of bed anymore. Like, I'm so unhappy. I hate this. I don't. What am I gonna? What am I gonna be a photographer? Like, what am I? What am I gonna speak French for? Like, what? What am I doing? And I just really sat with myself, and I was like, what do I love to do? And I was like, I love to cook. So I was like, okay. So I Googled culinary schools in Utah, signed up, and I was registered by that fall, like a month later, and the rest is history. <laughs> 180, yep. But it's exactly what you said. I would not trade the experience of building a business simultaneously with my degree for anything in the world. Because I would be in these classes, like purchasing classes, or inventory class. Like you take those classes in culinary school, which are so valuable, or like business financing. Yep, so it's not just the cooking classes, it's like purchasing, it's ordering, it's how do you work with vendors, and how do you manage employees, and creating a menu, and things like that. And we'd be in these classes, and I'd look around, and my peers are like asleep, because they're so bored. And I'm like frantically taking notes, right? Frantic, because I'm like, okay, I need to call that person and that's how I do it. Okay, that's what I do and this is okay. I'm just like frantically writing notes down. And I would go to work right after school and I'd be like, here's what I learned today. Here's what we're gonna do. And we'd rock it. And so I wouldn't trade that for anything. Having that trade knowledge as I'm building. So it's not like, I went, it's exactly what you said. I went to school in business. So now I'm gonna start a business. Because business, I'm sure there's so many valuable things there, but it just feels so generic. I'm like, you need that specialized information that a trade gives you. Where like with social media marketing, business management, I think both you and I in a lot of ways have figured that out as we yep. go. I've Googled more things. I would never let someone look at my search history because it's like, <laughs> how to hire employee. <laughs> like I'm just like learning as I go, you yeah, know? But I absolutely, no, I love it. So let me give my official statement as of December 2020 of my opinion on college because <laughs> I do know that like I have a lot of uh, boys that are just a couple years younger than me that work for me and I've just wanted to be more clear about it. I went to college, so I went to college right after I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. um, go Utes, right? Go Utes. Make I went to college clear. for four years. The first year I started college is when I started Thirst. And so I was busy. I was working every one of the shifts uh, by myself for a lot of the time. Yep. I didn't finish about a year and a half ago now, almost two years ago. I just kind of stopped taking classes. I'm probably 65% of the way done with my degree. A couple conclusions that I have come to. You go to college to learn a skill yep. that then you can turn into your career or something you can make money from. I don't believe that business and marketing are one of those skills that you need to go to college for. I don't believe that entrepreneurship is taught in college. Here's the reason, because the main principles of entrepreneurship, um, how you grow a business today, is almost impossible to be taught in a marketing class right now. The reason is because those professors probably did marketing right out of college when they got their degree They're like first you want to look at the phone book <laughs> exactly <laughs> when the radios are just coming out and i mean right now the number one way we're going to sell some of our products is tiktok yep. how do we expect them to teach that and not to mention 
all kinds of principles underneath that in business and marketing mm-hmm. and how to and 90% of what I feel like I run my business off of just my knowledge of how to do, navigate relationships yeah. you know and so that's business it's learned on the spot it's learned by doing it's learned by either doing it yourself or grabbing onto someone who's doing it and by the way it doesn't cost anything if you can do what the latter of what I just said. Well, you and know. there's so much that you learn along the way. It's exactly what you said, that it's like, it's people relationships. It's um, working with your employees. It's setting clear goals. I mean, I don't feel like those are things that you necessarily learn yeah. when you get maybe a business degree in school. But there, there is value I want to propose. I had, I met some of my best friends I'll know forever in college. And yep. No, I I wouldn't trade going to college for anything. It was my fa- one of my favorite times of all of anything. I was fortunate enough that my dad paid for my time in college, though. If I if that wasn't the case, and I was trying to navigate my life, getting the most bang for my buck, it wouldn't have been the. That's not the route I would have gone. And so I think it's an awesome opportunity. I learned a lot of my social skills in there. I made a ton of my friends, but no question, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, the way to do it is by doing well and what i glean from what you're saying too is if there's somewhere someone out there who's afraid that they can't take this journey like you have without that background of a college degree yeah. don't let that hold you back yeah right yeah. learn as you go if you feel like there is some kind of schooling that you can go to that's going to further where you want to be do it yeah but if you feel like you can do it right now and the only thing holding you back is man i don't have a four-year degree in yeah. entrepreneurship don't let that stop you. Yeah, and one thing to consider too, if you are fortunate enough to, you're in a situation that you don't have to go into debt for college, consider, and you want to be an entrepreneur, consider going to school around a certain skill, like I was saying, whether that's coding, whether that's being a pastry chef, whether that's you know anything in between, and then be the entrepreneur around that thing because I would love to be able to create the next Facebook. I think I've got the entrepreneurial skills. I yeah. definitely don't have the coding skills though. Totally. And I spent four years in college learning about marketing tactics that I've never used mm-hmm. in my business. And I think I'm, that's one of my strengths as an entrepreneur is my marketing skills. So it's just, it's kind of silly. But if I could go back, I think I would definitely build any type of skill and then build a business. Well, I think that. at the end of the day, what I learned is that you have to do what you're passionate about. If you don't have passion in what you're doing, you're not going to do it. Or it's going to become a chore to you and you're going to hate it. And then you're going to resent your business that you built. And that's the last thing that you want. It's funny because I ended up going to culinary school and that's actually what I wanted to do right out of high school. Mm -hmm. But I panicked because I was like trade school. All of my friends are going to the U, BYU, Utah State. They're getting these degrees in business and they have all these plans. And I'm like, I just like to cook. And I thought that was so stupid. I was like, you don't, what what am I going to do with that? Like. And I just, I, I also think it's unfortunate because I do see it, I feel like, because I, like I mentioned, I'm around, I feel like a lot of early 20s, late teens boys that are either my employees or my friends, I do feel like there's a huge pressure from parents that can't afford to pay yep. to go. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be the number one person in Utah right now on this podcast with Haley from Thirst from Thurston Mill Creek to say, it's not the only way. It's no. definitely not the only way. I'm sitting here at the top of my little organization, which means a lot to me and my few people within it. And I really haven't used any of those business strategies in my business 
there's value that I got from it in other ways, but would I go into debt for it? No. Is it the only way? No. And should, to your point, should we only be doing what makes us happy? I was having so much fun in college. I it was, you know, what I was saying, it was social, it was so much fun. That's what I wanted to do. But had I had the knack that I have, you know, over the last couple of years, which is kind of push off everything yep. social just to work because I love it so <laughs> much. I would have done that, but it's just, a, I just really don't think college is the only way I really think the only way is whatever you love, whatever it's pastries, entrepreneurship, yeah. your friends. And some people love college yeah. and that's great. Yeah. I have friends that loved their experience and like are still best friends with roommates that they and graduated And it was with. worth the debt just because they loved it so much. I am in so much debt. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, it's, I, this is probably by far my longest podcast. The cameras are overheating. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. It's been really awesome. Um, before, before we round this out, plug what you're doing, how people can follow you guys, how they can check you out really quick. Awesome. Yeah, so like I said, we're on 4th South and 9th East downtown. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Goodly Cookies. We use that probably the most often. Facebook, same thing, at Goodly Cookies. Um, we are open at 1 p.m. every day now for pickup. We start deliveries in the Salt Lake Valley at 7 p.m. And weekdays open till 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday until midnight. And you so probably catch them at Thirst here in the next and couple I months am as a feature. Often at Thirst myself. So. <laughs> or, yeah, you can just find <laughs> Haley yourself. Exactly. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Eve. Boom! Oh my gosh, that was the most stressful one yet. That was by far the best one, yeah.